Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. As an advisor, you have the technical skills to assist business owners in exit planning. However, few advisors know how to package the process and use it to drive the demand for their service. Learn how when you attend an upcoming bootcamp workshop. Visit exitplanning.com forward slash bootcamp to see the latest schedule and to register. That's exitplanning.com forward slash bootcamp. Don't miss the opportunity to take advantage of all exit planning can offer and to set yourself apart from the competition. I'm here today with Bob Christensen, who is a CPA and a business valuation specialist from Northwestern Arkansas. Bob, you and I have worked together many times over quite a few years. Yes, we have. And one thing that I've really been wanting to ask, and I'm so glad that you've been able to stop by and join us, is I'm seeing a lot of things. I was participating in a session with an economist yesterday uh, and learned a lot about how the changes in the economy are affecting all kinds of things domestically and, and, and worldwide. But I'd like to really take that down to kind of the micro level and find out with all of the uncertainty, with all of the rapid change going on in the world and then also in business, especially in the United States or in North America, I'm guessing that this is having a pretty significant impact on how we value businesses, how they value each other for purposes of of buying and selling and co-owners getting in and out of business together. And, And you're perfectly situated with your kind of finger on the pulse of what's happening in valuations for privately held, closely held businesses to maybe give me kind of an update on what is going on? How is that changing right now? What are what are you seeing? Starting to see a lot of impact because we have accounting changes going on at the same time. And one of the big accounting changes coming out is the need to value intangibles. Mm. And most accountants don't have the slightest clue how to even get intangibles onto the the accounting records of, of companies. But when I sit down and I talk to a business owner and they say, well, I don't have any intangibles, I'll just start asking them different questions and in about four to five minutes, we'll come up with a list of four to six different items that fall under the intangible rules. And then we can take that and move it on out to the value of their business. And they start saying, well, okay, So my smaller business, I really have a lot of value here because I've created different items. So like yesterday at the conference, I was talking with one of my fellow planners and he was saying, well, I've got this trucking company. They, they really don't have much value in the C corporation where the, that they're trying to transition out of the father owns the equipment and the real estate into different corporations, but that's not being transferred. And we got talking, I said, are they local or over the road? And he said, well, a regional carrier. And I said, do they have specific lanes that they travel, they do the transportation in? He said, well, yeah. And I said, so they actually have an intangible knowledge base in there of that specific lane that they work in 
that people don't think about. They know people in the industry, in that industry, they know the different customers and they know the specifics of how to transport the goods from one point to the other. So a lot of business owners miss out on the, the basics because they get wrapped up in the accounting. Then when we look at what's happening in the economy and the economist you were talking about, she was talking about quantitative easing being part of the problem with the inverted yield curve. And then last night I was reading a little blurb that came out from an investment advisor talking about the change in the economy. They just totally missed the quantitative easing and what the Fed did to try and solve the crisis. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was rather interesting that we've got some different perspectives here, but hers made more sense because the Fed had to dump so much money into the market to save the bank, the banks that were too big to fail. And now it's coming home to roost because they didn't understand what was going on. And the smaller business owner is the one that's going to pay the price for a lot of that because the value of their business is going to drop a little bit. And there's all this complexity now with valuing businesses, I think. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult than it would have been 15, 20, 25 yeah. years ago. There's so many different factors in there. It would seem to me that they're very hard to measure because there's constant change. And also, we've really had a lot of transformation in, as you said, accounting rules changing, yeah. other kinds of rules changing. So when our when our frameworks are changing and our businesses are changing rapidly and we're creating things that we didn't used to create, then we have all of this complexity in, in is it getting harder to value a business? Is it getting, is it get, do you have to, do you have to consider, you know, a hundred different factors today, whereas same kind of business, maybe 20 years ago, it, you know, you would have, you would have had eight things to consider. Is that happening or that, am I just overcomplicating the situation? That's happening. And it kind of depends on what arena the business is in. So right now, one of the big concerns on retail is the fact that the retail storefronts are dying out because of the online, the Amazons and so forth. Sure. And so we're having to look at what's the impact of the competition, the Amazon or the other retail vendors on the storefront. And then I've also been doing valuation of um, the younger market where they're, they're out, they're creating a totally web-based business. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're going to bring it up. They're going to ramp it up really large in a 18, 24-month period, sell it off, take six months off, travel the world to go wherever they want and then start over and do it again. So we've got a new version of the old retail, mm -hmm. but then we have to look at what are all, the, all these forces playing against that. Do you think we learned something from that sort of, from the dot-com boom followed by the dot-com bust where it was my observation that, you know, during that time around 2000, 2001, that uh, one of the problems was that businesses were being highly valued that didn't do anything 
and didn't have any didn't have anything but there was sort of this potential future maybe something and that that created part of the problem and i really don't see as much of that now with our with our young technology companies they are doing a thing they're do, doing something differently they are uh, sometimes even just accumulating and and procuring or curating certain things so so do you foresee something like a dot com boom and bust in our technology and our young companies or do you think that that the valuations are going to be a little bit more reasonable because they're going to be based on on young businesses that are maybe technology driven having something of value that we can really point our finger at what do you what do you think where we're going to where are we going to come out on the balance I don't think we'll have a big bust, but I am concerned that some of the big players out there, like the Walmarts that are buying up different technology companies so that they can grab a piece of, very small piece of the technology, and then they're going to trash the rest of it. They're overpaying for the whole package, but they want to get that and tie it down. and that part scares me because the the technology companies are looking and saying, well, so-and-so sold for this dollar amount. I should sell for that too. And trying to explain to them that the other company was a strategic purchase by a very large company and that they may not ever fit into that. Right. So it's, it's the old expectation issue. Uh, I see all this out in the marketplace. Why isn't my company selling or worth that? Right. I read about it in the newspaper, so yeah. I'll be that too. I yes, yeah. we've had we've we've always had a lot of that. Well, maybe I can go back. Let's see if I can circle back to this. I think this really interesting point that you made about this valuing intangible. So let's say I'm starting a business today. I'm getting it off the ground. It maybe has some physical components to it. Maybe I'm distributing something. Maybe it's a new way to distribute. I don't know pizza or ingredients to make pizza or maybe it's a new way to distribute i don't know sand it could be anything but i've got maybe a a combination of physical aspects to my business and maybe some interesting ideas or methodologies or something like that are there some things i should be doing to either document my intangibles or to measure them in some way or to emphasize them so that I can ultimately build more value in my business? What should I be doing about that if I'm the business owner? If you're the business owner, the easiest thing to do is to document your processes. For example, I've got a client that has told me for years, there's no value to my business. It's, I'm the business. I do advertising specialties. I go out and I take an order from BEI for logoed apparel and I get it made and then I deliver it back to you. And he goes, there's no value to this. And I just kept talking with him and he finally, one day he came in and he said, you know, I was looking at my customer list and I really do have a really large customer list. And there are a couple of ways that I'm totally different from other people and from the online advertising specialty marketing folks is that what you're talking about and I said yes Richard that's it write down how you're doing this so that you could sell and transition out of your business because you could bring somebody in and hand them the book and say here's how you do it step by step and they don't have to reinvent the wheel 
here's who you call. Here's the, the best vendor for this. Here's the best vendor for that. And he has a few little unique nuances in his business because he's uh, very, very into uh, trout fishing on the White River in Arkansas. Okay. And he has created the Zig Jig, which is designed specifically for fishing on the White River. And he, he thought for years that it was only good for there. And he went out to Arizona and was fishing with a guide. And he said, you know, that guide tried one of those just out of curiosity and we're catching fish right and left. And I said, okay, Richard, you've got that. You're thinking outside the box now. So let's go back to your, your other business and start thinking about what it is that you're selling and how you're doing it. And it, it made him realize that there are little things that I do that the competition doesn't do. And that's my intangible. Right. And maybe he wants to document those and then wedge in yeah. and really break apart his business in that area and exp- push yeah. out and expand those things that he's doing that others aren't. And maybe not put too much emphasis on the things that everybody can do. And the next thing you know, maybe he has a maybe he has a completely diff- transformed business, and more importantly for him, yeah. maybe a, maybe a very different business value than he would have had if he had focused on his more traditional right. aspects. Is that right? And he started doing that, and we've gone through the valuing of the business a couple times now, and it continues to go increase as he right. puts more focus on that. Well, I think that makes perfect sense. So it's not really just document your systems and processes, which, by the way, lots of businesses don't do, and everybody should. So I, I completely agree with you. But then within that exercise, really identifying the things, this is what I'm hearing you say, so I'm just making sure I understand it, identifying the things that are different in your business, and then maybe pushing on those to see if we can get more out of them. And so that, that not only is going to affect our business value, affect our success, affect our differentiation in our marketplace, and maybe push us, maybe, maybe leapfrog us ahead of a couple of competitors. Did I get it right? You got it right. Okay, Absolutely. well, perfect. So the thing that I think that's an important thing, if there's an advisor who's working with younger businesses or businesses that are, that are attempting a growth exercise, or if there's a business owner who's, who's really wants to try and, try and maybe harness some growth potential that they feel that their business has, then this intangibles idea is, I think, a great way for them for them uh, to to kind of focus on that. And it's something, although it's intangible, well, it's something it's pretty specific, specific that it's, they can do that can make a big difference, right? Right. And one of the things I've done is I've taken the concept of the in, talking about intangibles, and I'm going out and talking to other CPAs and ex, educating them on okay, guys, here's the accounting rule. Here's how we implement the accounting rule. But more importantly, why implementing the accounting rule is important to your clients and why when you help them do it, you're driving value in their firm and you can show them how what you're delivering is worth more and they're willing to, it's that stickiness, they'll stick with you longer. Right, right. Well, I would like you to come back Uh, the next time we're both in the same city and maybe we'll have another talk about some other issue because this has actually been extremely helpful to me. We can talk about other trends in business valuation 
and and how advisors and their clients and business owners everywhere can maybe take one idea and focus on it and really make a make, make a transformational change in the business. I think that's really the way to go yeah. instead of just looking at everything all the time shotgun approach. So if you if you'd be willing to do that, then I'd like to do it next I'd time. I'd be very happy to do that. Excellent. Well, then, thank you very much for being here, Bob. I appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. Uh, This has been fun. I appreciate you letting me share, Elizabeth. All right. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit ExitPlanning.com.